Hello, Sports and Spaghetti listeners. This episode has been brought to you by Underground's Record Cafe. Go get some breakfast or lunch and some records only at Underground's Record Cafe, 206 Main Street, Oakville, Connecticut. And find them on Instagram at Underground's Record Cafe. Now, on to the episode. And, and knowledge. Yeah, no, I think we need, we definitely need something. Yeah. I think, I think you're the guy to do it. Okay. Yeah, we'll just do do a nice little do a nice little beat. Yeah, throw a little beat down, and then throw a uh, throw some some phrasing over it. If you would, <laughs> yeah, phrasing. How we? Uh... It, the reason I laugh when Anthony talks is because because he looks you straight in the eyes, and then and then I, I know he's gonna say a, a, like a spicy word, like a like a zesty. A word with some English on it. I mean, I have a pretty good, I have a pretty good vocab. You have a great vocab. Yeah, thank you. I'm I mean, a I'm walking a... SAT prep book. I love, and as a teacher, I love, I love that. And as a, as a friend, I love you. Oh, I love you too. Hello, everybody. <laughs> this is, <laughs> this is sports and spaghetti, and um, you guys have unlocked this special episode. Ant and Chris love each other. Yep. Um, oh. 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 <laughs> <laughs> That would that would get some different viewership. I think we'd have to charge for that. <laughs> the soundboard is falling. What a start! I can only hear out of one ear. <laughs> That's better. <laughs> okay, hold on. We broke the Real internet. Quick, to the people that work. To the people that work at Little Tykes, can you make your cozy coops with a flat top specifically for us? Because we want a I don't, custom order. I don't care coop. about the aerodynamics of it. We just need something to to set this laptop and set this uh, this sound mixer on. When we make it big and we strike it rich here, we're gonna commission Little Tykes to make us a table, and the base of it is a cozy coop. It has to. Yeah, this is the humble. This is, these are the humble beginnings here. Yeah, cozy cooped and a gaming microphone. Shout out to Mursky. Hey, Aunt. Hey, Chris. So before you talk about your food today, this is going to be a more traditional episode of sports and spaghetti. Uh, other than the beginning here, we're we're I'm pulling out a surprise on you, Aunt. Um, so I just got back from Salem, uh, that's Massachusetts, and the, with a witch's the witches reside and um and it was a wonderful trip and um but while i was there i acquired what was that that was a strange noise anyway we um i acquired it's called a surprise ball and it was like 7 bucks and uh and and it says adults and kids and five fun prizes so i'm oh gonna, we got prizes yes so what it is is this black, um, it's this black ball. Yep. And careful, is, is it black? Careful. Is the ball black? Yes. I could have been green. I don't know. Oh yeah, I forgot. Or gray. Special. I don't know. I'm colorblind. Well, gray is technically light black, but that's a story for another time. All right, we can argue. <laughs> I I don't even know what either of them look like, but anyway, so it's a black. It's all. It's a little smaller than a tennis ball, and um, and it and it and it appears to be wrapped in like. What is this? Like, uh, just looks like very light, thin paper. It's like tissue paper. Tissue, yeah, that's the word. So I 
right now on the air, and this is the first time I've ever done anything like this. I'm going to open it. I'm going to open it right now. I'm just going to start opening. I'm ripping. Chris, if I get covered in glitter, I'm going to kill you. I swear to God, I don't know what's in this. It says surprise ball. It's not going to shoot glitter. If it shoots glitter, Benny's going to be covered in glitter. Benny's going to look fabulous. Okay, so I'm unraveling. I'm unraveling the the first layer of the black paper, and now it's red. That's red. Yes, Chris. Yes. Yes. Do you want so, Do you want to get sab and we'll we'll do colors? Oh God. <laughs> so now it's red paper. I'm making a mess. That's okay. I feel like one of these Facebook videos where they take right up until the end. You know those videos they put, they're 18 minutes long? Yeah, and then subscribe at the very last second. <gasps> I dropped the ball. Was that Benny or you? I hit Benny. That was me. <laughs> Sorry, Ben. Okay, I'm unraveling. I'm unraveling. I'm unraveling. Jeez, Ann. Oh. And now we're under oh, the... green. What if the surprise is just multicolored tissue paper all the way oh, wait. down? Wait, 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 oh. wait. Oh, oh, look at that. It's perfect for Sabrina. This oh man, it's perfect for Sabrina. It's a little mushroom tattoo. Oh hey, she just got a dress that what is that? She just got a dress in Salem that was a mushrooms because she liked ooze. Mm, that's what she I does. like. I like mushrooms too. That's a that's a good episode. You like eating mushrooms? I love mushrooms. Oh, I got a fortune too. I I it fell out. It says let no one ever come to you without leaving better or happier. I think I maybe all right. So that's either one or two prizes. If the fortune was a prize, that's pretty cheap. If I want a, if I want a fortune, I'll just go down the street to to a yummy yummy over there oh, in New man. Fairfield. Is that the real name of it, or are you just no? It's canceled? yummy yummy. Okay, that's the name of the place. <laughs> Melissa likes that place. It's, I'm, I, I would not cancel myself. <laughs> I oh, can't my. wait. I can't wait to do a Chinese food episode. Do we make the Chinese food or we buy it? I think we could do both. Compare. All right, I got something else. Oh, oh, this is so good. It's a freshwater pearl. What? <laughs> this is why I wanted to do it. What? Let me see. It's in. It's a freshwater it's pearl. It's a freshwater. You. In ancient times, it was believed that the tears of mythical creatures, mermaids and angels, created pearls. Pearls symbolize purity, loyalty, and attract good luck and wealth. Add little surprises to a greeting card, gift, lunchbox, drawer, pocket. Shh, surprise. Yes. I, just, I read the whole back. It's a pearl. Choking hazard, small parts, not for children under three years. It's a freshwater pearl. Okay, sure. Oh, I think we're getting our money back. We, I think you're getting your money back, I, I am. All right, number four. Oh, it's bubbles. I like bubbles. All right. That could be number five. Oh, wait, no, there's pink. There's bubble. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's purple. Okay. And then pink at the end. I got all my. I think that was Benner's. That... Oh, uh, we dropped it. I dropped it. Oh, is it a piece? Is it a piece of food? I think it's a singular piece of taffy. It's a lemon chew. It's a lemon chew. I'm going to wait till after because who knows what it's going to do to me. <laughs> but there you have it. A fortune. Um, a... Oh, a mushroom sticker. A freshwater pearl, <laughs> bubbles, and a lemon candy. <laughs> what? It sounds like that's a witch's brew. It is. I need to add the mushroom. You need to add the mu <laughs> the mushroom to the lemon candy. 
you can't add it the other way around because right. you know acid into water and water into add like that right. you know yes all right and there you have it uh, the sports and spaghetti debut of the surprise ball that might be the only one ever well thank you to the good folks up in Salem don't know where you got that from I got it at a from. place called Batbox shout out Batbox um I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. Maybe not. Shout out. They're because... part of one of the museums there. It's just a pop up. Oh, museums are cool. I mean, yes. Salem museums are yep. cool. Anyway, there you have it. Okay. Thank so... you for uh, indulging. <laughs> here's the here's Me. the real. I guess the real beginning, right? So we're talking about we're talking about some food today because your boy cooked. Now, um, Chris mentioned they were in Salem. Yes. And what that means in turn is I got to watch my fur nephews this week. Um, which was cool. Shout out to Benny and Nemo, and significantly less of a shout out to Pewter. Oh, he no Pewter. <laughs> See, that's that's why that's why Pewter's up my top of the list because he's everybody else's least favorite. He's a needy boy. He is needy. He's a he played me like a fiddle. <laughs> I had to pick him up like Lieutenant Dan and throw him in. <laughs> <laughs> this guy. Computer can get up on the bed like nobody's business. Yeah, he does no, it every he, night. Nope, nope, not, he not to me. He refused to get up on the bed for Anthony, and he had to pick him up. Yep, I was I was sick of feeling his nose on my ankle. Yeah. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to – I got out of bed, and I I picked him up. So um, what – Tell uh, him what you made while you were while we were away. What I made was – Chris was very – so so very kind. Chris and Melissa were so very kind to uh, give me free range of everything and say, hey, there's food in the fridge and you can cook whatever you want. Right. So um, I opened up the meat drawer and I saw a very nice ribeye steak. Yes, Thank you, bone Chris. and ribeye, of course. It was a very good bone and ribeye. So today, now you guys know I love to throw down on the grill, but uh, there's an absence of a grill at the Walker house. So I said, well, oh, the, no. Yeah, there is, but I don't know what's in it. Okay. Uh, so thank you for, I just, I just didn't think you had one. Anyway. Um, I said, you know what? I, I don't do steak on uh, not on a grill. I've always grilled it. I said I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go ahead. I'm gonna do a nice reverse sear on this mm. thing. And then I said, okay. I see some fresh garlic. Who I don't remember who you got it from. You told shout me. out Brenna yes. from camp. You shout say, out to Brenna who listens. Um, it was very good, Brenna. She, it's it's so unfortunate actually how I got how it came to be mine. Um. She loves garlic. She's she's Italian, uh, but but it gives her such bad reflux that she can't eat it. Like it's so bad that she can't eat it. And so she asked me if I like garlic. She knows I'm Italian. I like to cook with it a lot. I said sure. So she gave me some. Her dad grows it and grows it and grows it like Demerskis, like how they grow and grow. And oh grow. yeah, yeah. Or, or how they grew and grew when they were living here. Uh, and so I acquired some, and I've used it once, and it was excellent. And now you did. It was wonderful. So for those of you that have not made uh, a steak in a pan, let me give you a little rundown here. We're Like I said, we're back to the roots. We're back to uh, root garlic. You like that? We're back <laughs> to the cooking aspect of it. So what you're going to do now, I always do this with some lesser cuts, but this was a good bone in ribeye, so I didn't necessarily have to do it. It's just part of my process, so I always do it. You take your fine, your iodized salt, your regular table salt, and you just throw a nice coating on it. And what you're going to do with the coating is you're going to leave it out at room temperature for about 20 minutes. All of that salt is going to soak. Uh, it's going to draw a lot of the moisture out. And you might be thinking, why Why are you doing that? Well, it makes it very, very tender, and it, does not, it does not affect the juiciness. So you're going to let that salt bath 
sit for about 20 minutes to get that steak right at room temperature. Then what you're going to do is you're going to uh, just rinse it off, you know, pat it dry with a paper towel, and then you're going to season. So you're all you're going to do, hit it with salt, hit it with pepper. That's it. Um, kosher salt is good. Flaky salt is good. And then um, thicker grains of pepper, like crushed pepper, is really good. Um, that's, you know, uh, that's ideal. I didn't have to crush no, them, I just I just used the standard, but it was all right. Um, then what you're going to do is you're – this works best in a cast iron. Um, I just used a regular nonstick pan. So what you're going to do is you're going to heat your pan up just until it's warm enough. Uh, you, where if you touch it, you're going to get a nice little burn. So you're going to heat it up to right about that. And then immediately, once you get up to that heat, you're going to put some olive oil in that pan. Then this is where the reverse sear comes in. You're going to sear that steak Fairly hot, not enough to smoke out the house, but fairly hot. You're gonna sear for about thirty seconds on each I side. Smoked out the house, cooking steak before. <laughs> I'm not kidding. A couple times. You're gonna, uh, you're gonna. That's well, that's that's not your fault necessarily. That's the olive oil. If you use like avocado oil or something, right. you'd be fine. Yep. Olive oil is is just what we had, and it's the most standard. So we use that olive oil, and uh, you, you're gonna sear it nicely for about thirty seconds per side. Then after that, once you get a nice, once you get a nice color, this is where this is where Brenna comes in handy. You're gonna take that fresh garlic, and 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 I'll I'll get onto the topic of fresh garlic very soon. But you're gonna take that fresh garlic, and you're just gonna crush it. You don't even need to peel it. You're just gonna crush it. Um, you want the the garlic essence to be released. Um, you're gonna throw that in the pan, and alongside the garlic, you're gonna throw in some butter. Now, what you're going to do is you're going to wait until that butter melts and gets a little foamy, and you're going to baste, B-A-S-T-E. You're going to baste that steak. So simple. You're going to tilt the I, – I can, I can tell you exactly how to do it. You tilt the pan towards yourself. You scoop up some of that melted butter, some of that garlic, and you're just going to toss it on top of the steak. And you do that until you get to your, um, your temperature, your, your proper temperature, and you let it cool. And then once you let it cool, you go ahead and attack it. Now, let me tell you, the fresh garlic, granted it was a great piece of meat. Again, thank you, Chris. But the, the fresh garlic, it's – I've never tasted anything. I don't know how you prepared the garlic when you used it, but when it was fried with the olive oil and the butter and with the steak and all the fat melting and everything, it legitimately tasted like popcorn. Yes. Yes. That. So the way I made it <clears> – <throat> Was um, the night before we went away, so so Saturday, um, I want the camp had just ended Friday. I I wanted I wanted something healthy, uh, because I knew that you know when you're on vacation it's hard to eat healthy. It doesn't matter if you're eating out. There's gonna be more crap in the food. It's just the way it is. Um, so I made chicken, um, uh, um, p potatoes, gold potatoes. And um and green beans, and the garlic was in the chicken marinade. But also, I put you know I sprinkled fresh garlic, chopped up real fine, minced mm -hmm. over it, and and I saved the bits. And and just cutting into that garlic from the garden, not from a store. It doesn't matter if it's from a farmer's market, sure. But when you get it from the garden, it's like it it's different. It's like, and it's, it's it almost, it's almost more intense, right? So what I did was I've never had 
a liquid be oozed out of garlic when I smashed it with my palm, but it was like literally. Yes. I was like, oh, and this is very like... and very sticky. Yes. Did you notice yes. how, that it was super, it was, super sticky. It was sticky? The actual touching the garlic was sticky, and it's a difference because if you go to the store and get uh, even organic garlic, whatever you want, elephant, who cares? It doesn't have that. But this this garlic from the garden, it was sticky. Yeah, I, I the wonder, residue. I wonder hands. what that is. We should have looked that up. Um, but I didn't think we'd be talking about the stickiness of garlic today, the tackiness of, of garlic. Tacky, if you would. yeah. Um, but it was it was almost like I was like, wow, I actually have to try to attempt to get this garlic smell off my hands. Um, but it was it was so good. Like I said, Chris, it's unfortunate that I was by myself because this was something I would have wanted to share with everybody. That just means I'll have to make it. Oh, you you know the answer. Give me the answer, Chris. See, he knew that was that was nonverbal communication. That's what my th senior thesis was on. That's well done. I got a ninety-eight. Uh, the, the chemical attraction between the proteins in your skin and the garlic compounds causes the sensation of stickiness. It's like hydrolyzed sugar sticking to your skin. Uh, oils have a stronger attraction to the oils that coat your skin. They displace the sulfurs and prevent your. Oh, well, then no, that's what makes them not sticky when you wash it with soap. Um, <clears throat> but yes, it's called Allison. Uh, not Allison, like a girl, but A L L I C I N. It's oily, slightly yellow liquid. It gives it its odor, and it can also be attributed to giving it its stickiness. Bathe me in it. Sulfur Bathe molecules <laughs> bind to your skin. Bathe me in Allison. Pause. <laughs> Cut it Is out. that the actual pronunciation? Okay, how would you pronounce that word? Allison. A-L-L-I-C-I-N. Allison. Anyway. Anyway. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, I like the smell of Allison, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> we're just see. We're just be very careful. We're just gonna make somebody super uncomfortable. Be very careful. Well, how did it? How did the garlic taste? Tasted like Allison to me. Oh no! <laughs> no, uh, it was delicious. Uh, no, it was very good. It was. Um, it was very. It was like I said. It tasted like popcorn. It tasted like buttered yes, popcorn. Yes. Um, but the steak, I mean, the steak was really good. And uh, I'm a grill master. You guys know, well, not master, but I love grilling. He's an excellent, excellent on the grill. I love grilling. Don't and this sell was, yourself short. This was the first time I really took on a steak without grilling it. And I just wanted to share it with you guys. It was so good to the fact that I didn't even make a side with it. I ate steak standing up in Chris's kitchen. And it was, it was the highlight. It was the highlight of this week, I think. Let me ask you a question. Let me answer your question. Why, for people that might be wondering, why reverse sear? So to me, right, the reverse sear is... I sear. I've reverse seared, but why would you do that? Okay, so I don't know the actual reaction no, protein-wise. Why do wise. you do it? Well, I'm getting there. I just like the fact that I like when you hit something really, really quick and you get that nice... It's like, it's crispy. I like the nice crisp on the, the, the steak. I like the color. Gives it a good flavor with, I think it's a Maillard reaction. I think that's the name of it. I don't know. Um, teacher. Makes some nice fond. We've talked about fond before. So as opposed to a a traditional sear and then finishing it in the oven, what's the benefit? So it's, it's very similar, right? The oven is going to give you convection heat. Whereas, yes, technically, I also 
cooked it convention with conventional heat. Um, but it was just the fact of the butter was being, um, you know, spooned over the top of it. The the garlic, you could add fresh thyme. I know a lot of people like that. Yeah, a little rosemary even sometimes. Yeah, it's too woody for I, me I don't, sometimes. I'm not a fan of it on a steak. No, I just, honestly, it was the garlic. The only thing that I wish I could have added would be, now this, see, this might be a little too indulgent for Chris. I would have added, uh, like, a homemade, I would have made, like, a compound garlic butter, and then I would have served that over the top. If it, if it was a steak, no, I would I would eat that with a steak. Okay. Yeah. Are you are you just coating that by saying that's too unhealthy for Chris? Yeah, kind of. Well, no, that's, no, no, I'm no. just saying it's a lot of butter. When, when I cook a steak in the skillet, I'm never going to use just olive oil because it burns, like you said earlier. Yeah. I will use garlic, but I like the reverse sear because of what you're saying because it does cook it. You could cook it to the almost the temperature you need it to be. And then finish it. Exactly. And that's another thing, too, is if you look at, like, Ch I know Chipotle does this for their chicken. Um, I used to work there for did a you? very short time. Well, I know they do it for their chicken, but they just they throw it on the flat top and they essentially just burn the hell out of it. Yes, that's um, what I did. Yeah. That's, that's I turned it after seven and a half minutes. And yeah. After seven and a half more, it was done. That's, that's Heard crazy. walking. That's crazy to me. Chicken, chicken walking. Well, now, another reason, and Chris has talked about my chicken before. And the reason why, at least I think it comes out so good, is because I'll cook everything over the high heat. I'll sear it for a couple minutes until I get the good color, and then I put it off to the side. I've never had, I've never had a bad piece of chicken at your house. That's it's and, and it's hard that to do chicken, made. and it's hard to do chicken. So I thank you. I appreciate that. Um, but no, it's everything is essentially a reverse sear. So even on the grill with steak, you know, I will put it over the direct flame for however long, and then. Once I get to my temperature, I'll move it to a, a cooler spot in the grill, and then I'll just let it cook that way. Because if you think about it, you know, it's if you cook it on low heat and cook it all the way through, it's going to be gray on the outside. Or if you just sear it on high heat, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be dark on the outside. Think and it's like, going to be. Think about like if you put it in the air fryer, that it's going to come out looking gray. Yeah. A steak in the air fryer. If you cook a big, a bigger steak like the one you cooked. You know, anything more than a, than like a strip, a, a thin cut strip of steak, it's going to be gray. Yeah, and I mean, that's the thing is it prevents, especially in a pan, if you can't get those grill marks, you're going to want some color. Even if you cook it in a pan and don't go that hot. That's where the flavor is. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So that's my thing. Well done. And thank you. That's my thing, and I, I definitely, I definitely might be doing this more than just the traditional grill, even though, listen, I love my grill. I love the Montreal seasoning, but... I feel like this is this is a classy. This I've, is the classy steak. I've gotten very good at that steak because of the lack of a usable grill. And you've had it a few times. Even when I made um I made a piece of bottom sirloin a couple of weeks ago just yeah. just for fun and, and you said it was quite good. Um I love I love doing the sear. The reverse sear, I should say. Yeah, well it's so let me let me interject real quick. The difference between a regular sear of a steak and a reverse sear is your reverse sear is you're going to sear it first and then you bring it to temperature with your basting and with if you want to put it in the oven or stuff right, like that's that. That's my method. Your yes. standard is if you cook it really low for X amount of minutes until you get to the the internal temperature that you want, and then afterwards you crank the heat up and sear it. I just don't like that. Because I, I feel like it's tougher for some reason. I don't know. It might be just in my head. But that's your traditional sear as compared to the reverse sear. So 
that's what that means. Um, but Chris, before before we get into anything else, how do you what's your what's your preferred steak temperature? Because this is we've every week we've had a poll for these guys on Instagram, and um, this week would be we wouldn't have one, so it's just going to be what is your what is your ideal steak temperature? Medium. Mis- okay. Mistake medium. Okay. Okay. I'm see. I would eat it now. Listen. Before you crucify me no, on social media, not going crazy. I, when I was younger, uh, and and I and I would get, um, uh, I would always get medium well. Okay. I would always get medium well. Okay. I thought I liked medium well, and I think it's too done. Uh, sometimes my parents would get a well done. I'm, and I'm not here to crucify people that get well done steak. Okay. If you like it, you Benny farted so bad. Oh my God. <laughs> I didn't miss that. I still love you. Um, I, I, I'm not going to kill people for saying, oh, I like it. Well done. It's not my place to say some people. I love when people get on social media and they go off on people that get a steak. Well done. Just let people live. So what? If it's not your cut of meat, if it's not your piece of steak, it's not in front of your plate. Who cares what you do? So I know my uncle Mario and my and my Nuna, uh, they only they only eat well done like any pink and they won't eat it. That's okay. And I'm uh, I'm okay with that. Like listen, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna yell at you. We go to a steakhouse for my birthday every year, and I remember this year he comes out and he says, listen, he goes, I want to talk to whoever's back there. I don't know if it's a chef or if it's a, you know, a 17-year-old kid hungover. Um, but somehow they made a well-done steak tender, and it was the first time I've ever had it. And so, I mean, it's just eat what you like, guys. Right. If you like it, if you like the chew of a well-done steak and you want to dip it in A1 or a, a, another kind of steak sauce, so what? It's okay. Anyway, I will eat it medium rare. I will. I truly will. I have a problem with rare. So I won't do rare. My sister my sister likes rare. Um, I will do – I'm a medium rare, but if I go to a restaurant, a lot of the times they don't cook it right, so I just say medium. Yes. And it ends up coming out medium, medium rare, rare anyway. So last night, actually, we were at a uh, a restaurant called The Howling Wolf. It's not <laughs> – it's it's not a chain. Uh, they're a, they're a, a, a just a regular place. I love Salem for that reason. There's a lot of original one of one places, and it was uh, Hispanic um, food. So I got this steak. It was sirloin tips, and it was an apricot marinade. It was very good. Um, but I asked it medium, and it came out medium rare, and that was fine. Then there's people that like it blue rare. Listen, okay. If I that might sound like Maniscalco for a minute. If my steak is still moving, I don't want to eat that. Nobody needs to eat a cow. Okay. What's the point of even taking it off of the grill? <laughs> <laughs> Why would you even put it on the grill? That's what I was trying to say. What? Why? Why am I going to eat this? It's still moving. I don't understand the people <laughs> that take the steak and they put it on the grill for 30 seconds. Oh, my God. That was spot on. <laughs> but yeah, so 
You know who likes steak really rare is who? is uh, my mother in law. She she I I don't know. See, sometimes with people that like the steak really rare, I feel like they like to wear that badge. You know what I mean? They yeah. Like to they like to say I like the steak rare. Ha <laughs> ha. I like it still. I like it still moving. I like it still moving. <laughs> exactly. They like they wear it like a like a, 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 a like a sash, and and so. It's like, okay, but I don't. It's okay, too. It's still red. It's like so, it's raw. My thing is, it's just, uh, you know I'm a texture guy because of the touch of the tism, but it's it's chewier than the well-done steak, in my opinion. It is chew, and it gets stuck in your teeth easier. I, I got a problem with that. Yeah. So steak. I mean, me. We're 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 both some some medium to medium rare guys, and uh, and I, let's move on. I got. Well, I got a question. I got an answer. I have a question for you. I now correct me if I'm wrong. I will. Oh, I will. <laughs> I thought a reverse sear was when because a regular sear is when you sear it and then put it in the oven. I thought, and then a reverse is oven then sear. Am I crazy? Am I wrong this whole time? Am I out of my head right now? Look this because up. You gotta look I, this because up now. then what I do, what I do, at least what I know is a sear, because I sear it and then. <laughs> Did we just give this whole thing wrong? I've been mixed up this whole time. Well, while Chris looks, um, I mentioned that we need something uh, okay, to ready? vote on on the IG. Go okay. ahead, Chris. No, you go ahead. I, just I was I was just notes. gonna say. So, uh, for the last draft, which was the Italian food draft, can you guess who won, Chris? I did. It was a dead tie. I think you won the de- uh, the dessert, or no, the, the I won the, the jer- I won the jersey, yes. sixty-seven to thirty-three. Yes. So I, I do, think you had better jerseys than me. I have one. I have one win. It's two, two, one, and one for me. Hey, one... shout out, Felipe voted me. I have, I have finally swayed Felipe. Well, he's crusty. He'll appreciate that. It's okay. H- have we been saying a reverse here for a normally seared <laughs> steak this whole time? Well, we haven't. I have. <laughs> so uh, a sear is first in a hot pan until done, the desired doneness, and then in the oven. Um, a reverse sear is when a thick-cut steak is heated in a moderately warm oven and then seared afterward in a preheated cast-iron skillet. Uh, so your so, boy was wrong. So so what you did was you seared the steak. I seared the but, steak. But in any event, it came it out came great, out and nice. it's some good content because, and I wasn't trying to to blow up your spot. I was just no. You were that was a genuine head. that was a genuine question, and I didn't I didn't take it as you blowing up my spot. And I wasn't a hundred percent sure either. Remember, we're we're just two guys that like to cook. Yeah, that's. I mean, yeah. Yeah, it's sports and spaghetti. I don't have a Michelin star, man. Right. Listen, that'd be cool. I have no formal training here. No. Okay. No, we don't. We just love what we do. We do. We definitely love what we do. But and we're good at it. We just don't know what it's called. Yeah. You know, sometimes you just you just get it, you just get it mixed up. In any event, yeah. Chris Walker, do you have your in no particular order this week? I do. And here's the problem. Do you want an intro? Oh yeah, go ahead. Sorry, I was diving in. And now, everybody, this is our favorite ep- 
And now, everybody, this is our favorite portion of the episode. This is the good, this is the bad, this is the end. This is Chris Walker, and this is in no particular order. All right. So I got a problem. I got a problem. I, I have two things that are good, and I'm not sure which one I want to put on the good and which one I want to do for the grinder. Um, I've been mulling these over on the way back today. It was about a three-and-a-half-hour ride back, so I had plenty of time, and I was b- between these two things. Um, okay, I'm going to go with the hockey one for the good. Um, listen, I'm for the very first time, I think it camp ended and, and I went away this weekend and everything was Halloween themed. And so I was in the spirit and, and I got the hockey bug a little bit and my hot, my men's league team took the summer off, uh, and we should be back mid-September, I'm pretty sure is the first games. Um, but in any event, I got the hockey bug, and so I was kind of staying up with the hockey news, and I'm just like, wow, preseason's a little less than a month away. I'm, like, really excited for that. Sabrina's birthday's coming up less than a month away. It's like all of that stuff signals, yes, the start of fall, boo, but yay, hockey comes back. Anyway, the good is the Tampa Bay Lightning. The Tampa Bay Lightning made a, dis- a decision um, – and I am very pleased with it. And it's Brandon Hagel, who was just signed to a max eight-year contract, $6.5 million a year, um, that will start not this season, but next season. So he's playing out the final year of his current contract and only making $1.5 million. Uh, and then next season after this, he will make $6.5 million. Um, he got his raise before his contract was up, which is cool. I mean, it's like, hey, we this is what you're worth to us. Uh, I love that for Hagel because the, Hagel's going to be a big part of that core. Um, it, it, man, I it wasn't a guy who necessarily I thought was going to go very far with this team, uh, especially after the season they had, um, not you know reaching the heights. That they made that they reached a few seasons ago with their back-to-back Stanley Cups. Um, he's really excited. He said, "I could finally breathe." It was quick. Um, he was happy with with what was given to him. I mean, for a guy with that name, he's not a household name to get six point five a year for eight years, dude. Huh. He got paid. Great player. Um, yeah, he was the eleventh player in franchise history. Um, to score 30 goals in a season. If you think, it sounds strange, but the Lightning have had a lot of superstar players that carried teams. Uh, Le Cavalier, St. Louis, Stamkos, Kucherov, point. You know, that's only five right there. And there haven't been many more. Um, if I'm forgetting somebody, Nick, please kill me for that. Um, anyway, Brandon Hagel, I'm thrilled about that. That's my good. Here's the problem now. I have a lot of problems today. I got, uh, I could have gone two ways on this too, but I'm go- t- two of them are going to be the Yankees, and it's not good. And the Yankees make my list because now I'm getting mad. They're the bad this week. Anthony, what's their record the last ten games? One and nine. That's right. What's their record in the last nine games? I believe they're 0 and 9. They're 0 and 9. That's right. They got swept by the Red Sox and everybody else. 
and they got swept by the Red Sox the day I got to Salem. It was not a fun feeling. There was, it wasn't like overly obnoxious, but I drove right by Fenway. I drove, not that they were there, but I drove right by Fenway on the way. I was within the limits of Boston ish, like within an hour. Or we so. call that scumbag territory. Yeah. And it just was an icky feeling, and I couldn't say anything. Um, yeah. They, they suck. And I don't usually yell about the Yankees. And they're 60 and 64. Not it's a bad year. Not, oh, they had an off season. They had a lot of injuries. <laughs> In May, I was, t- we were talking about this team's back. This team's playing well. This team's got an easy schedule. They're playing bottom feeders. And they're 60 and 64. Not to mention, they've got almost everybody. They've got a decent lineup. Nobody's doing anything. They've got the new guy playing tonight. They, they just have, called him They up. have both the new guys playing tonight. Well, so they have Pereira is in left field. And uh, Waldo, Oswaldo Cabrera is playing third base. Pereira is the one I'm talking about. Yeah, Pereira, he's, I mean, he's been on fire. Right. You're going to hear something about him later. I thought they had somebody else. Oswaldo Cabrera is playing third base. Or no, I'm sorry, Peraza is playing third base. They called up Peraza and they moved Dominguez up to AAA. Right. Oh, yes, Everson Pereira, yes. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Um, he... Uh, 60 and 64, it's their worst season in three decades. I wasn't alive. I wasn't alive for their na- their last nine-game losing streak. How many years ago was it? Uh, I think it was like early 90s. So then I wasn't either. No. <laughs> That's despicable. That's yeah. absolutely atrocious. And clean house. Clean it. Clean the whole house like I did before I went away. Clean the whole house. Not this room. But, well, this room has... Forget it. The house is clean. Anyway, clean house. It's terrible. It's terrible to watch. It's terrible to follow. It's terrible to, uh, uh, to, to just be a fan right now. It's never terrible to be an Islanders fan. I think it's always terrible to be an Islanders fan, and that and that's why when it's good, it's amazing. It's a terrible time to be a Yankees fan. I feel bad for for little kids that are just getting into baseball. And their parents are Yankee fans, like not much older than us, like their early 30s, early to mid 30s. They've got kids five and six, seven and eight that are starting to play baseball and they're starting to pick out who they like, who they look up to, the judge, the trout, whoever you want it to be. Sure. Dude, it was Jeter, 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 A-Rod. Jeter, 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 A-Rod. Well, now being in the in the store that I'm in, I get to see these kids, and they get to come in, and I get to talk to them right now, and it's it's crazy to think about. Right now, it's uh, it's Otani, and it's Ronald Acuna. Like, uh, so there's an influx of, of Angels and Braves fans, and then when, when, Acuna, uh, when Otani inevitably leaves, 
it's going to be wherever he goes. Right. I mean, the Angels are a team that people want to like because they have two superstars on that team that do stuff. The Braves are a team that is winning. They've played. They've been a great baseball team for the last what, almost decade. And they're gonna be. They're gonna continue to be great because their general manager knows what they're doing, and they're signing all of these young. They're playing their young guys first of all, and then they're immediately signing them to. Yes, they're good deals right now, but they're. Let's give this guy twenty million over the next ten years when he might not be worth that. Instead of giving him, you know, six million, eight million, eight million, eight million, and then it explodes to forty million. You yep. know, they're they're saving money in the long run. Uh, it, it's amazing to me how the Yankees have let this happen. It's the Yankees. No, I'm. I know I sound like a lot of fans, but it's it shouldn't be this way. No, no team is immune to being bad. Trust me, I know that. Oh, of course. But the Yankees should not be bad, ever. Listen, even when they retooled in 2016, 27, the year after that, we were, everybody was expecting them. And we I said talk it about week. it every, almost every week we talk about this. They, I mean, they were, they were bad in 2016. I don't think you guys remember. They were bad. But they brought up Gary full-time. They brought up Judge. They brought up Tyler Austin. They played Greg Bird every day. But I, I mean, it's 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 bad. I saw a stat, and th- this is going to be astonishing to you. Go ahead, because the next one's the Yankee uh, about a Yankee as well. Uh, so, right now, 2017 Jacoby Ellsbury. So that was the last year he was a fixture on the team. He would have, I believe, the third highest OPS on this team, behind Judge and behind Glaber. Oh, and he was abysmal for the Yankees, as we remember. But see, that's that's the issue, right? Is the Yankees, for some reason, this is going to be an analogy I haven't said before. For the Yankees, for some reason, they wait until they burn themselves on the stove, and then they blame the stove. So they go out and they sign all of these big, expensive free agents. They let Robbie Cano walk, which was one of the worst days of my life as a Yankee fan. They let, you know, they let. Robbie Cano Walker, they bring in and they signed. That was the offseason where they signed McCann. They signed Beltron. They signed Ellsbury. That was that offseason. They got burnt real, real bad. And instead of saying, hmm, maybe I shouldn't have put my hand on the stove, they say, nope, the stove is too hot. And then now they're out on El- then they're out on Harper. Then they're out on Machado. Then they're out on Arenado. Then they're out on Freeman. And it's I'm I'm seeing that slowly happen with their prospects. Davey Garcia just got released for peanuts. He's with the White Sox. He's in AAA, but, I mean, he was supposed to be that next big guy. So now it's going to turn into all of these prospects don't work out, and it's not uh, the stove is too hot, so let's let's not play these prospects because the team was bad. It's just it's I'm I'm done. I'm done with them Dude, at this it's point. It's, not, it's over. Oh, yeah. Well, they, they have a 0.0. I think it's like 0.01% chance to win the World Series this year. It's over. We're done. Okay, the ant is Isaiah Kiner-Falefa winning the Heart and Hustle Award. And I know this was a little while ago, uh, and it slipped through the cracks. But I just want to ask you why this happened, um, because it's an F for me. Um, He hasn't really hustled or had heart this year. Oh, you haven't watched Yankee baseball, have you? Well, the whole team hasn't. Isaiah Kiner-Falefa this season is 
I'm at the point where you know how much I hated him and could yeah. not stand him. If he is not an everyday third baseman, but if he'll platoon at third base and he's uh, an all over the field guy, I think I would want him on the team again. Mm. He's always he's always coming up with clutch hits. He plays every position. Not the other day. Yeah, His that bunting way. situation but cost him the game. For the most part, he comes up with clutch hits. See, I think that's why I'm bitter about it is because of the other day. It was like we had a chance to snap the skid and then he ruins it. Yeah, I mean, I get that, but he's done, listen, he's done everything the Yankees have asked him to do. So you're disagreeing with my eh? Uh, I'm going to say it's an eh, but it leans more towards a good than a bad. Well, that's why it's eh. Yeah, I mean, he's on a one-year deal, but again, he's you put him at third. But he didn't work out as a shortstop, which, uh, you, big shocker there. <laughs> I mean, what do you what do you want what do you want him to do? He's a natural. He's a catcher, and then he was a third baseman. That's like putting that's like putting Josh Donaldson at shortstop. It's not going to happen. I don't care how good of an athlete it is. I don't care how good of a you know how good of a glove he has. Shortstops that play shortstops and shortstop in the major leagues. They've played shortstop their whole life. That's Yo, what they absolutely. do. Absolutely. That's that's a no brainer. So like just the just the fact to me that it was like oh let's give this a shot. Stupid! It was stupid. And your 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 phone is blowing up right now. I know, and it's just I I don't remember how to. Oh, don't. hold on! I I got it here. It's here, and then I go to um focus, and then I go to do not disturb, and now we won't see any That's of those amazing. messages anymore. I remembered how to do it. Shout out to my wife who. Uh, I don't know. I, I I thought I knew about technology. Nope. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway, there's my there's my 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 thing. I'm on the like like I said. I'm on the side of I, IKF this season. All right. He's done everything they've asked him to do. He's a great he's a great third baseman. He has a Gold Glove. But why in God's name you would put him at shortstop and try him at shortstop makes no sense to me. No. Oh well. Anyway. Oh well. But. It's officially my favorite time of the year. Well, getting close to my favorite time of the year, and we're we're getting to football season, baby. Um, the oh, college I'm excited too. College foo- college football week zero um, starts this week. Notre Dame, uh, I think Notre Dame opens with uh, Navy. They're playing Navy in Ireland, I think. They're they're playing one of the armed forces. They're gonna stomp the um, armed forces team. I know it's gonna happen in Ireland, and then USC opens up, I believe, against San Jose State. Um, this is this Saturday coming up, so it's official. It's football season. So, obviously, there's not really much to go over. So, so Chris, what we're gonna do today? Yes. Is uh, we're just gonna look. We're gonna do some basic stuff. We're gonna react to the top twenty-five ranked teams. We're going to talk a little Heisman, and then we're going to get you out of here. So, uh, Chris, uh, if you'd like to start it, I have, you know, I have my my notes, and uh, these are all in order. So, yes. so, so get it started. All right. Start it off, UGA. Tell me. Georgia, uh, I mean, they're the, they're the defending national champions. They're a powerhouse. They, they're, they're, they're a factory. They're a machine. Do they, do they repeat? No. All right. So here's where it, all right. <laughs> I agree with you. But I'll tell you who I think is going to win as we get down the list. All right, Michigan. Let's hear number 2, Michigan. Michigan, they are returning the best offensive line in the nation. Um they're bringing four starters back and they have a grad transfer, I believe. Um 
they're great. Blake Corum came back. They're they're gonna have a two headed running attack. They're gonna win. They're gonna win the Big Ten, and I think they make noise in the college football playoffs. Okay, they're gonna make noise. I think they make it to the championship game. I wow. don't I don't know if they're going to win it. I think they make it to the championship game. All right, maybe number three, Ohio State. Well, I'm not sold on Ohio State. Ohio State, they're bringing in a new quarterback to replace C.J. Stroud. He was there the last two years, and obviously before that it was Justin Fields. Although, as you'll hear a little bit later, one of their players I think is going to be the best in the country. Um, and if not for uh, a quarterback you're going to hear in a little bit, if not for him, I think he I think he um, would be a, a future number one overall pick in the NFL draft. All right. Now everybody's favorite team, Bama. Well, they they graduate Bryce Young, so there's a question mark after that. But you got to remember ranked, again, uh, ranked fourth, by the way. Yes. Yes, you have to remember that. Well, they graduated the quarterback. Who's going to take over? There's always it's Alabama. There's always somebody yes. to take over. There was, I mean, as far back as AJ McCarron, and then it was, uh, I think his name was Jake Coker, and then it was Tua, and then it was. Uh, Jalen Hurts, and then it was this guy and this guy and this guy and the next guy. It's, it's always they're, they're Alabama um, until there's until there's a, a culture change in the in the NCAA and the SEC. Bama's always going to produce athletes. They have the best training facilities. They have the best programs. It's you, you're Alabama. So that's it. Right. They they could be number one every year. Yeah, of course. I think the only reason they're not is because they're. They didn't win the national championship. Exactly. All right, LSU. So LSU, it's another team. There, I think there's some SEC bias. They're a good team, but I think ranking them at number five is a little tough. Um, they are returning a lot of players. Um, they have a Heisman favorite uh, in Jaden Daniels at quarterback. Um, but there, I feel like with the LSU is a crapshoot every year. It depends on how hot people come out. You've seen LSU put together one of the best, if not the best, college football team of all time after nobody anticipated them to do anything. You've seen them rank number two and get blown out in, in bowl games. So LSU, I think, is, is next to Auburn, they're the biggest SEC crapshoot. Interesting. All right. Let's get into it a little bit more. Let's talk about USC. USC ranked number six. They bring in returning Heisman winner Caleb Williams. What do we think? Well, Caleb Williams, I mean, he is a product of the Lincoln-Riley system, I think, at least. Um, he's the returning Heisman. He won it last year, as Chris noted. Um, but it's it's a scenario where, yes, he won it. He was great. But I, I feel like last year there was kind of a big dip. And I don't want to say talent because these guys are more talented than I'll ever be. But – there's a dip in there was a dip in talent last year. There's a dip in production last year. Max Duggan came in number two in the Heisman voting, and he wasn't all that great. Stetson Bennett wasn't, you know. So I feel like there was a lot of it. it I don't want to say a watered down Heisman, but it felt like a watered down Heisman. Okay, fair. But ranked sixth, you think that's a good rate? You think that's right where they're would they'll finish? I mean, yes, I think they could sneak into the playoffs, but again, it's. They, I don't. I, I don't think they move into the Big Ten yet, but they also. I mean, again, yes, you're bringing back Caleb Williams, but you also have to remember his number one target, Jordan Addison from last year. He is now a part of the Minnesota Vikings. Um, you're gonna hear his name when we do fantasy because he's one of my darlings. But I'll they keep need that. In mind. Oh yeah, 
they need to find the they need to find a new number one target. Um, and I think there's a few guys that can do it. Um, there's you know Dorian Singer, he's a wide receiver. Last season, 66 receptions, 1105 yards, six touchdowns. And then Mario Williams, um, both of these are juniors, uh, 40 receptions, 631 uh, yards, and five touchdowns. Now, I think a lot of these guys especially when you're matching up against number one corners. I think it's a lot harder to be a number one than a number two. So obviously, unless you're a super freak like Mike Evans or Justin Jefferson and stuff like that, I think you're going to have a hard time matching up with these number one corners. So not, don't always go by numbers is essentially what I'm getting to. You know, talking about college football reminds me of where we got started. This is where we got started. Uh, you're, I, I'm hearing your analysis, and I'm. It, it's like hearkening back to 2017. We're in the 2016. crow's nest again, baby. Uh, no, it was 2017, and 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 just kind of being up there, and and me calling plays, and you just knowing everything to talk about. Yep. This is like bringing back awesome memories. I know. All right, let's move on to number seven. All right, we're gonna talk about Penn State and. Anthony, you have an interesting take. They're ranked seventh. They're in the top 10 to start the season. Okay. That should mean that they're going to be a top 10 team, but you think there's uh, something else to that. So I think they're a little overrated. And by a little overrated, I mean very, very overrated. Now, you have to remember that the Big Ten, essentially for this season, until somebody big comes in, so your USC's come over, I believe Oregon's coming, everybody's moving, everybody's moving everywhere. But until you have somebody else come in, you're dealing with, you know, Penn State still has to deal with Ohio State and they have to deal with Michigan. Um, I think the I think the, the schedule is going to be what dictates who be two because I don't, you know, Penn State's not going to walk into the big house and beat Michigan, but Michigan might not walk into, you know, what is it, Doak State, whatever stadium is uh, for Penn State. So I, I think scheduling and home field advantage is going to dictate a lot of who be two. But now my thing is, yes, Penn State, they have a they have a top two offensive tackle in the NFL. It's Olu, Olu Fashanu. He could have came out last year um, and he could have been a top 10 tackle taken, but he went back. Uh, the issue, right, is their quarterback, they're leaning on quarterback Drew Aller, Aller, Aller. Um, he only played 10 games last season. In those 10 games, he only attempted 60 passes. So the issue, right, is... You think of Penn State, you think of Miles Sanders, you think of Saquon Barkley. They're built on the run, and Big Ten, they're built to stop the run. Right, that's only six passes a game, by the way. Yeah, they're built to stop the run. Granted, defense is great. That's where Micah Parsons came out of. Um, my personal opinion, Penn State is linebacker U. But, you know, to me, again, I think they're a little overrated. I think they have to, they have to be the cream of the crop in the Big Ten to get respect, and I think right now that's Michigan and Ohio State. All right. Interesting. Now to the eighth-ranked Florida State. Now, this one, Anthony wants to get involved with a little more, right? That's what your color system is. Yeah. I try to follow this. All right. So this is where he wants to go in depth. I'm just going to let you take it here because you have a lot to say about Florida State. Okay. So Florida State is is funny to me, right? Florida State, they are products of the ACC, so it's probably going to be Florida State and then the next team you hear after this battling out to see who you know will represent the, the champion of the uh, Atlantic Coast Conference. Now, Florida State is, if you guys remember, 
2014, 2015, that was prime Florida State time. That was Jameis Winston. That was national championship games, um, national championship wins. They've, they, they fell very quickly from grace. Now, right, they're one of these programs where, like, similar to the Yankees, they're kind of college football royalty. They'll, they'll be able to be back, and there's always going to be a draw to go to Florida State. Now, they have a deep offensive line. Their left tackle is Robert Scott, and he's legit. He's a legit NFL tackle. He's going to get drafted um, when he decides. That's simple as that. Maurice Smith, he's their center. He's a solid center. And they did bring a lot um, in the transfer portal, so their offensive line is very good. Now, who is going to be behind that offensive line is quarterback Jordan Travis. And I feel like you have been hearing his name all, you know, for the last decade. It's because you, you – pretty much have um this is his sixth and uh ncaa season but he's back now florida state i feel like they're ranked very high because of experience um they're a very experienced team they're very you know they have an older core let's say um they brought jared verse back he was the edge rusher last year he was projected top 15 draft pick he went back to florida state but i think florida state is benefiting off of an easier schedule because they're in the acc um you know, they, they could surprise me, but I don't think, you know, I don't think they can, they can, I don't think they could swing with, uh, with, um, Alabama. They can't swing with Georgia. They can't swing with Michigan, Ohio state. I just, I don't see it happening. I really don't. All righty. Let's go to number nine, my team Clemson. I, and when I say my team, I'm not a diehard college football fan. I'll watch it. I don't have a favorite. I like their colors. I was going to okay. say, you like, the, if, if you watched last week, you know why Chris likes Clemson. Uh, yes. Okay. I root for Clemson. Uh, uh, that's kind of where I stand on that. So Clemson is funny just because they're they have, you know, Dabo's great. Dabo Sweeney's a great coach. Um, their quarterback is uh, Cade Klubnick. He is, I mean, he's on the Heisman shortlist. But again, I don't think there's much. I don't think there's much to do with Clemson. It's going to be they're going to battle it out with Florida State yep. for that ACC. And they're gonna, you know, they're gonna get a watered down bowl game. It, as bad as it sounds, you know, we're removed from the days of Trevor Lawrence. We're removed from the days of Deshaun Watson and those guys. So, I, I think Clemson again, they're kind of seeing a dip in the recruiting classes, a dip in the stuff, you know, a dip in the the quality of players they're bringing in, but Dabo's a great coach, and you can't really ever count Dabo out. No, you can't. Washington at 10, number 10, running at the top 10. Uh, Washington at 10 is tough. It, it's tough for me. I, I don't see very much of Washington. I mean, I think they're going to benefit from not being in the SEC again. Um, Washington is bringing back another Heisman shortlist, uh, Michael Penix Jr. He's that lefty quarterback, uh, formerly of Arizona State. He's transferred over to Washington. And they're also bringing back a top three, in my opinion, wide receiver, um, Rome Odunzi. Um but again, it's it's one of those situations where I think they're benefiting from not playing in these big conferences. And and as much as as much as I hate saying that, you're going to hear it a lot because at the end of the day, the NCAA is slowly turning into the Big Ten and the SEC. And you know, it, it, it's terrible. It, it, it's tough. And and we'll talk about realignment on a different episode because that's that's something we can really get into. But yeah. it, again, it's it's tough. Uh, Washington, they're going to benefit from playing lesser competition all right number 11 so out of the top 10 into texas this is my team hook'em horns 
um, well, one of my couple teams. Um, Texas, uh, they're good. They're bringing back Quinn Ewers, and you saw what he can do. Um, they had the shootout with Alabama week. I believe it was week one when Quinn Ewers went out. I mean, he's, again, Heisman shortlist quarterback. But, again, it's it's Texas, and every time we think they're back, they're never back. Hopefully the days of Arch Manning um, bring they bring some sunshine and they bring some rainbows to the state of Texas. Well, maybe not rainbows knowing Texas, but they bring some sunshine to the state of Texas um, and, and we get some, we get some wins, but Texas, I mean, they're, they're always good. They always have a top 10 recruiting class. They're always bringing in five stars and yeah, eh, Texas. Texas. They're, they're one of those teams where they could, again, they could be great. They could be terrible. Right. All right. I know. A lot of people that have gone to this next school. Um, I've got a, p- a few friends that that went here. I know a few kids, not well, adults now, that I worked with at when they were campers uh, at my very at my first job um, in in New Milford, Connecticut, at a, at a after and before school camp, and. It's Tennessee. And one of the guys that I talked to, his name's Dylan. I'm not sure he's an avid listener, but he has listened. Um, he's very excited for this season in Tennessee and says, and it's funny that you're going to talk about the head coach because he also loves uh, the head coach as well. Um, so I'm interested to see what you say about Tennessee because I, I, I'm hearing high on Tennessee. So I think it might be kind of the, the, the same rose-colored glasses when Mississippi State was number one when Dak was there. I don't know if you remember that. Um, but Tennessee, they were, I mean, they were on fire last year. They, were, they held down the number one ranking. They beat uh, Alabama. I believe they beat Alabama in Alabama. Um, so it was, I mean, they, they, were, they were, for all intents and purposes, I thought they were making it to the, to the college. I thought they were going to hold the national championship. Honestly, I really did. But... Um, Listen, they did lose a lot, but at the same in, in the same token, Coach Heifel knows what he's doing. He's my favorite coach in college football right now. Um, I mean, he went and he beat Bama, and he he can hang in the SEC, which was always the question. You know, SEC coaching is tough for a lot of people, and that's why you have guys like Nick Saban, and that's why you have guys like Coach O when he was still with LSU, and then you have these people where they're constantly being you know turned out, and they're a coordinator for a big school and then they're an interim head coach and then they get their ass kicked and then they go and they coach for Temple. So it's like Coach Heupel knows what he's doing. Um, He knows how to hang in the SEC. Now, the biggest issue, right, and Chris, you can kind of talk a little bit about this. Um, They kind of fell apart after Hendon Hooker went down with his ACL. Well, yeah. And and that's where I think that, that when they fall to 12 here, I think that has a lot to do with it. And there's a lot of question marks. But you think they're ranked too low. I do think think they're ranked a little too low. And that's because, listen, Joe Milton, he looks like he's going to be the starter. I believe he was a Penn State transfer. Um, not airing it out enough, as, we've, as we'll hear. Will Levis, Penn State transfer, drafted to the Titans, didn't air it out enough. But nonetheless, Joe Milton looks like he's the answer. But you have to remember, too, that um, Nico Iamaleava, 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 Nico Iamaleava, 
Um, he might be waiting in the wings. So he's a freshman. He was number two to um, uh, to Arch Manning. There's a lot of people that think Arch Manning was the number one quarterback because of his last name. That's neither here nor there. I can agree. I can disagree. Um, but Nico's the truth. Uh, he's out of California. He's actually, I believe he was like a top-tier volleyball player as well, too. But was he's, he? Yeah, he's the guy. I don't know if you've seen him. He did the seven-on-seven camp in pajama pants. Yes. Yeah, and just tore it up. Um, so listen, if you can be on a short lease with Joe, with short leash with Joe Milton, if you need to be, but you've seen his arm strength, you've seen how how much of an athlete he is. But at the same time, you have you have Nico, Ia, Malay, Ava, Ia Malayava, Ia Malayava. You have Nico Ia Malayava in the wings, and and I think they could he can come in and make an impact right away, a la Trevor Lawrence. Um, now, another issue is they did lose. Um, Jalen Hyatt, who was uh, essentially their best receiver last year. But uh, they have Squirrel White, Squirrel Wright, <laughs> Squirrel Wright. That's hard to say. Squirrel Wright. Squirrel yeah. Wright um, waiting in the wings. And then I think he is – this was the best receiver at Tennessee. It's Brew McCoy. Okay. Um, they need to be top-tier SEC-level wide receivers, and that's – I mean, that's how you that's, – <laughs> that's it. So that's, where should they be ranked? Um, I I think honestly above Washington, you have to remember too their season right. They they have a decent season defense, but they're SEC tough. Right, that's the thing. And it, I hate I hate the fact that I'm even saying this because I didn't believe it for a while. But listen, when you play in the SEC and you're playing against essentially everybody has NFL type talent. Every single college is going to have NFL talent. When you're playing against them and you're beating these guys, iron sharpens iron, and I think you're going to be better. Realistically, I think they should have been six, seven ish. Um, but there's a lot of question marks with Joe Milton. There's a lot of question marks with the rest of with the rest of their offensive skill positions after they've lost some some players. I have to ask my buddy Dylan if if he agrees with the twelve ranking. He probably doesn't. I'm sure he doesn't, but I'll have to ask him. All right, Notre Dame. We're going to breeze over Notre Dame. Notre Dame is the most overrated team in college football and in college football history. Um, join a conference. Stop being little bitches. I, I can say that. Stop being little bitches. Um, join a conference. Um, we know you're only independent because you don't want to get stomped by ACC, SEC, Big Ten. You're, you're in the middle of the Big Ten. There's a reason why you're not joining the Big Ten. Sorry. Utah. Utah Utes. Um, I think Utah. I mean, I can go on a little rant here. There's not. There's not very many left. But I mean, Utah. They're they're decent. They're good every year. They're one of those teams where they they act, not act different, but they act like we don't know what they're going to be. And then oh no, they hang with a mid tier SEC team, and then they get overrated like they always do. But you never know. They could make a push to the playoffs. But at the end of the day, probably not. Um, Utah. That's it, man. A lot of strange happenings out there. <laughs> what do you mean? Like, like, there's a lot of strangeness. In like Utah. Mormons? No, no. Well, there's also like, there's also like a lot of UFO sightings in Utah. Well, there's nothing in Utah but mountains, man. Yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of interesting things. I'm not talking about Mormons. That's that's the predominant thing there, and I'm not saying anything is wrong. With being Mormon, it do you, man? Yeah, no, but I just Utah's a—it's like a strange land. <laughs> um. Anyway, Oregon. 
Oregon, Oregon, whatever. Bo Nix is back for his, it seems like, 15th year of college football. So oh, 15, right? Number 15 in his 15th season. Like so, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Oregon. Oregon, yeah. Next, Kansas State. We always talk about Kansas State when we're talking about uh, basketball. Kansas, Kansas State, all this. Well, Kansas State, they Wildcats, they're always that team that somehow hangs around, and they're they're that team where you don't really expect anything until you build a parlay, and you're like, oh, man, is Kansas State going to win? Kansas State. And they right? always win. Yeah. They always win, unless you bet on them, and then they're going to lose. <laughs> Kansas State, they're, they're, ranked ahead of a very, they're ranked ahead of a very fun team that I'm going to get into a little bit, and I'm going to steal some of your thunder here. But Kansas State is ranked in front of TCU. Now, Chris, if you remember, um, TCU, they played in the national championship. They got blown out in the national championship. But they played in the national championship. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, now, they do have a new offensive coordinator, Kendall Bryles. Um, I think he needs to prove himself, as every coach needs to, you know, in, in one aspect or the other. But Kendall, uh, Kendall Bryles, I think he needs to prove himself. There's no way they're going to be able to recreate the season they had last year. They lost Heisman runner-up Max Duggan to the Chargers, I believe. And they lost a top wide receiver, Quinton Johnston. I believe he's a Charger, too. I think they both ended up going to the Chargers, or I can be wrong like I was with the stake. <laughs> <laughs> Nonetheless, Chandler Morris is back in the saddle. Now, if that name sounds familiar to you, Chris, is because he was the starter last season. Um, he got hurt. Max Duggan came in, and mm, the rest is Chargers. history. It is, it is, I was right for both of them. Nice. Um, I mean, some names, Savion Williams, he needs to step up and be that number one wide receiver. And they, they did bring in TCU, that is. They did bring in a lot of um, – transfers from big programs so they brought in jojo earl from alabama jp richardson from oklahoma state and jack beck beck beach beck from lsu so do you think that the mouse is here okay thank you we have a house guest right now and it's not me and it's not aunt it was the house guest last night when we were out um we have a, a big dog, a big black lab named Blue. Shout out to Blue. He's in the bedroom. If you hear loud barking, that's why. Anyway, um, you think TCU deserves to be ranked at 16? Uh, <laughs> I think they're going to be a lot worse. Wow. So yeah. you think that it's generous? I think this is very generous. I think it's going to be four or five weeks into the season, and they're going to be unranked. It's going to be one of those things where – they lose to a team. I don't know their schedule, but it's going to be one of those things where they lose to a lower-ranked team, and then they lose to another lower-ranked team, and then the next thing you know, they're the team that's sitting at 25 that everybody's chomping at the bit to beat. All right. All right. How about Oregon State Oregon, at 17? I mean, Oregon State, the only thing I really have to say is they're one half of the coolest trophy in college football. Wow, you got a problem with Oregon. They're just they don't they don't excite me. I think it's because as a kid, right? As a kid that played football, everybody wanted to go to Oregon, and and there was that allure to you. And then being the the portly the portly fella I am, and not being a five star athlete, you know, not not getting that. I feel like it was I feel like it was that was the the cool school when I was in high school, and everybody liked Oregon. So I kind of formed an opinion against them. Oh, okay. And that's the reason. Fair. All right, how about Wisconsin, number 18? Well, Wisconsin, it's, again, it's Big Ten. They're going to run the ball a million times. And then 
That's how they make their success. Wisconsin always has good offensive lines. They always have good defensive lines. There's always solid um, there's always solid play on both sides of the ball for Wisconsin. They're going to be one of those teams where they might stick around in the same spots. They might move up. They might move down. 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. Excuse me, 19. I misspoke. <coughs> excuse me. Now I'm 20. Oklahoma. So this is me being biased <laughs> against Oklahoma as a Texas fan, I guess. But Oklahoma is always one of those in-the-mix teams. And in my in my notes, I literally wrote down, I don't know, man, they're always good. <laughs> they're one of those teams where, again, it's just you don't really necessarily see the Sooners be bad. They always have NFL talent. They always have a decent coaching staff. And they just they always seem to hang around. I like it. All right, how about right, we're into the 20s now. These are still good teams around the country, but not in the top 25. They're the bottom of the barrel. UNC. Okay, so UNC, I think they're only at 20 again. They're playing in the ACC. 21. Uh, 21. <laughs> they're at 21. They're playing in the ACC. Um, they don't play a lot of good competition, but the, the reason they're ranked is because of their quarterback. Their quarterback, Drake May, right now he looks like the number two quarterback behind Caleb Williams in the 2023-24 uh, draft process. Um, but it's the same It's the same question mark. Let's look at Mitchell Trubisky. Will he have enough to keep him successful, enough around him to keep him successful and to keep his draft stock high? It's one of those things where if he does a lot with a little, you might, you know, a la Will Levis, you might, over, you might overvalue him a little bit. Um, if he does, you know, I don't know. I don't know. UNC is, is fun to me, but it's one of those scenarios where Appalachian State, which is my actual number one team, I almost went there. Um, they, I, I would, if like UNC and App State were playing, I would want App State to win. Appalachian State. You almost played there. I, I didn't say play. No, I was. Uh, I just would have attended Appalachian State down in Boone. That was my. That was my number two choice to Western Connecticut. But I mean, hey, if uh, if I went to if I went to Appalachian State, there would be no sports and spaghetti. That's right. So we love that. We All do. right, Ole Miss. Ole Miss, twenty-two. Not much to say, you know. They're just again the 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 last couple of these teams. We can really rattle this one and the next one off because we can lump them in together. It's right. Ole Miss and Texas A and M. They're just those teams where they're always. You, they, it seems like they're always around the top twenty-five for one reason or the other. Yes. All and, right. And then they're constantly, you know, they lose to an unranked team and then they're out, and then they beat an un, uh, they beat a ranked team and they're back. So they're very wishy-washy. I think these guys are in the right right spot. Twenty-four Tulane. Tulane. Um, I think this is very generous, just to the fact that they've lost a lot. They lost uh, their leading rusher, Tajay Spears, to the NFL. He is now Derrick Henry's backup, but uh, Shady Clayton Johnson. He was good when he got touches, and then they did bring in Shedro Lewis from uh, Liberty. Uh, he's pretty good, too. Uh, they the they play in the American Conference. I believe it's the American Con Conference. I could be wrong. Probably probably wrong. Um, yeah, you got to gotta check for me. If I'm wrong five times on this podcast, <laughs> oh, boy. Throw I just, it away oh, yeah. and start over. Well, wait till you hear my Grammys grinder. You oh. haven't even scrolled to that yet. Um, <laughs> I think they're in the American. I think they're in the American. Chris well, is going to look this up. Hold on. Uh, the, the green waves, just yep. like New Milford. Yep. 
They play in the American. Okay, so I was right. They play in the American. Uh, they have the best offensive line in the American Conference. They're going to be good. Defense is going to be solid. They lost a big piece um, on their defense. Linebacker, I believe it's Dorian Williams, I think. I think that was him. I think that was last year. Um, I might be wrong. They lost a big piece on offense, a big piece on defense. Um, I do feel bad for quarterback Michael Pratt. While he's behind a great offensive line, he – Yes, Dorian Williams. Thank you. To the Cardinals. To the Bills. Was it the Bills? Yes. Was the Bills. I'm thinking of the other guy. Anyway, um, quarterback Michael Pratt, while he's behind a great offensive line, he lost five of his top seven receivers. But Tulane has dupe, dupe, dupe unis. They got the dupe unis. Uh, dope uniforms, though. I like watching Tulane. Tulane is going to be one of those, again, where it's by week three, they're out of the top 20. All right, I like your I like this. I like where this is headed for twenty five. So I have a buddy that I used to broadcast with uh when I was broadcasting for the Westerners in two thousand sixteen. He was the voice of the Keen Swamp Bats, uh up in Keene, New Hampshire. New Hampshire. New Hampshire, yes. Right. Um and his name oh, don't do this. Don't do this to myself. Come on, Chris. Um He's going to kill me. I he, He's such a good dude. But anyway, um, yeah, he went to Nebraska and saw he's oh, and, and he and he broadcasts uh, over there for a radio station. Um, his name was Tommy. That's right. Thank you for remembering him, Tommy. Um, Iowa's 25. But Ant says Nebraska's better. Go off, Ant. Okay, so. Nebraska's better. Uh, this is Matt Rule bias. This is Will Compton bias, busting with the boys bias, I guess. Um, I think Nebraska's going to have a really good season. I think Matt Rule is a great college football coach rather than a pro coach. You've seen what he did at Baylor. You saw what he did at Temple. Um, I think, listen, I think Iowa, again, It's they have a quarterback where they he throws two, three times a game may, or has two, three completions a game. They're a very run-heavy team. They play a lot of defense. But, again, they're going to be a team that drops a game to a Minnesota, a Michigan State, a Nebraska, a Colorado. They're that team that's going to drop that. And then, again, it's going to be it's going to be the same thing we see every year where they drop out of the top 25 and they get on a win streak and then they, they push – they push Penn State to the brink, and now they're back in the top 20, and then they beat uh, a lower-ranked team, and then they're in the top 15. And, and this is it's just the Iowa cycle that is constantly repeating itself. Um, I, think, I think Nebraska is going to make a bowl game. That's bold. I think Nebraska makes a bowl game over Iowa. Not over Iowa, but I think they're going to have a better record than Iowa. Listen, man, Iowa is tight end university, obviously, with George Kittle. With now Sam Laporta that just came out with T.J. Hawkinson with Noah Fant blah 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 they have they're they're a tight end factory. I just listen, man. I don't think that they have great lines offensively and defensively. I just don't think they have the firepower to hang in the top twenty-five. And there's nothing wrong with that. You could be a good program that's built on the run, and you know you churn out NFL talent on both sides of the ball. There's nothing wrong with that. That's a, su- a successful program, if you ask me. Um, but that's the top 25, Chris. Yes, sir. That's the top 25. That's and, it. And you heard me talk a lot. So I'm going to let Chris I'm gonna let Chris take this next segment. Um, 
You this, didn't tell me who you think is going to win the championship. Oh, the 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 entire Yeah, you didn't the, tell me. I've been whole, waiting for you to tell me. I was like, you're not going to get to Iowa and tell me they're going to win the championship, the Anthony. Whole shebang. Um I think See, I have I, I have an idea. I I think Michigan does it. I think Michigan is going to beat Georgia. Honestly. Wow. Honestly, I think it's going to happen. I think it's due. I think Harbaugh is going to I think Harbaugh is going to do it. I mean, They've been they've been embarrassed the last three years in the playoffs. They're returning the, almost their whole team. They have a great offensive line that I think can can hang with these SEC defensive fronts. Last year they didn't. Uh, I think they could, or the year before they didn't. I think they can do it this year. I think their quarterback is more experienced. I think their run game is really good. I think Michigan wins the national championship. Interesting. All right, so I'm doing the next segment here. Yeah, yeah, we can we can talk about it a little bit, and then I'll do my pick. And I don't know if you have a pick for yours because I kind of threw you on the spot for this, but I'm just I'm tired of talking, and I want to sip my polar seltzer. Polar, if you're listening, you can sponsor me because yes. I drink a lot of this stuff. We're talking about the Heisman, yes. Yeah, we're talking about the Heisman. Shout well, out, shout out, <laughs> Nissan. Go ahead. I I am not. I am not going with your pick. Well, with your pick down here, I'm going to see. This is why I do well. Okay. This is the reason. If you don't know me, which most people listening do, but if you don't know me, I'm very good at sports betting, which I do very little of, very, very little of, but I'm good at it. And I'm also very good at fantasy sports. Specifically fantasy football. Without necessarily knowing everything. I don't know as much as Anthony knows about all these teams. I'm, we're, I'm not here trying to sound smart and tee these up for Ant. I'm teeing them up because Ant's analyzing and I'm the play-by-play. This is I'm not trying to fake know this stuff. I'm reading notes. Okay? But I do know... I do know the guys on this list... And I am going with Caleb Williams, plus 500. I am taking the favorite. Take the favorite. Take the favorite. Take the favorite. Anthony, take the favorite. You could make a lot of money off of the favorite. That's why they're the favorite. Caleb Williams, Heisman. Book it. I don't see. I just, I don't think he repeats. Because like I said, I think last year's Heisman was super watered down. I think there's another guy. I think Blake Corum should be in the top five uh, of Michigan. Um, I don't. I don't necessarily think he's going to win it, but I think he's going to finish a lot higher. Now, my pick. Okay, my pick. You were talking about making a lot of money. My pick's out of the top five. Top five is Caleb Williams at plus five hundred. Uh, Jaden Daniels of LSU at plus nine hundred. We talked about him. Quinn Ewers of Texas at plus eleven hundred. And another thing is, it's so funny. And now I don't know if this is just fodder for you know for for headlines, but everything I've seen, right? They have him number three in the preseason Heisman voting. Everything I've seen says Arch Manning's right at his heels. He's going to take over. He could if Quinn Ewers has a bad game, Arch Manning's going to step in. So I, I don't know. I don't know if that's take that at a grain of salt of Arch Manning or take, you know, Quinn Ewers being a Heisman favorite. I, I don't know. Um, I got to tell you, I don't like, I don't love that he's ranked third. I, I don't know. Because he could fall right off the list. He could he could fall off the list or he could play like the, like the, the, 
you know, the player he was supposed to. You know, he was the number one quarterback in the nation. He signed with, actually, he, he had a power move. He signed with Ohio State, uh, got all of his NIL money because at the time he couldn't get it as a high schooler in Texas. It was like outlawed in Texas or whatever it was. So he went to Ohio State, redshirted Ohio State, and then dipped, went back to Texas and was able to get all of his NIL money, which was which is pretty dope. But um, behind him is Michael Penix Jr. or Penix Jr. I just, I don't know how it's pronounced. And I didn't want to make Felipe giggle because I said Penix. <laughs> because I know that there's a, a gaggle of fifth, oh, now sixth graders. Yeah, Happy middle, middle school, school, guys. They can take there's it. a gaggle of middle schoolers that are going to laugh at this. Um, but uh, Michael Penix Jr. is at number four. He's at plus 1,200. And Cade Klubnik uh, of Clemson is number five at plus 1,400. Now, my pick, okay, my pick here, I literally wrote in the notes, Ant says, put his money on, at plus 2,000 odds, Marvin Harrison Jr., wide receiver, Ohio State. Now, Chris, you're making a face. Why? First of all, first of all, you're not going to bet on a plus 2,000 if you're, if you're just an everyman. Okay, nobody's looking at him, and they're saying bet on Marvin Harrison Jr. And second of all, I well, you already told me why you don't think Caleb Williams is going to repeat, but I just think he's going to. So I just think you're wrong. I don't think it's a bad choice for like a good one of the best players in college football, but I I, I could never go with that. See, now, my thinking right now, and I'm famous for overthinking things, famous for it. My thought process on this whole on this whole situation is Marvin Harrison Jr. is undoubtedly the number one pass catcher coming out of this draft in, in the NCAA right now. He is the number one, and that's wide receiver tight end. Brock Bowers of Georgia is great. He's going to be drafted top ten as well, but nobody's, touches, nobody's touching Marvin Harrison Jr. I think he's going to have – quite possibly one of the best seasons a wide receiver, a college wide receiver is ever going to have. Wow. Now, the issue, right, is Ohio State, they open September 2nd against Indiana. Ryan Day, who is the coach of Ohio State, has not yet named a starting quarterback. Okay. Now, they're looking to replace C.J. Stroud. The battle is between Kyle McCord and Devin Brown. Started going into camp, still going on right now. Now, one thing now, Chris, did you ever? I don't think did you ever play like organized football? No. Okay, so organized football. I know how it works. Quarterback, wide receiver. You're gonna have, I mean, you're gonna have your guys that have chemistry, right? Right. Usually the friends. Listen, you close your eyes, and who just threw a touchdown pass? Who who threw a touchdown pass to Demi? <laughs> it was Will. It was Will. Yeah. They're they they're still best friends, but right. listen, you close your eyes and you hear Demetrio Demets. Demetrios Demetsis catches a touchdown pass. It's Will Art threw it. Yes. Will Art throws a touchdown pass. Demetrios caught it. That's that's just it's simple, right? Now you build that rapport, you build that chemistry. I think the fact is, if you don't have a quarterback that is taking steady first team reps, they're going to lean on their safety blanket. If Ryan Day is a good coach, and I know he is because he's a, I mean he's at one of the top universities in the in in the country. You are going to build your game plan around your best player, and your best player is Marvin Harrison Jr. I mean, to to a certain extent, that's what Nick Saban did at Alabama with Devontae Smith. 
I mean, yes, you had Jalen Waddell. Devontae Smith won the Heisman that year, but you had a young quarterback in Bryce Young, and you built your offense around getting the ball to Devontae Smith. I think Ryan Day is going to do the same thing. Um, and I think with this uncertainty at quarterback, you know, that's where you always get those stories where it was like, oh, this guy never had a draft stock. I'll give you a perfect example. Mitch Trubisky, do you know who his number one target in college was? No. It's a guy named Ryan Switzer. They were best friends. They were roommates, I believe. Um, Ryan Switzer is out of the NFL. He was, I mean, he's like 5'10". He was a short, short wide receiver. But he was putting up unbelievable numbers. He's a wide receivers coach at Tulsa right now. But the guy was putting up unbelievable numbers. Great punt returner, great kick returner, but he just never worked out in the NFL. Right. Few do. But the chemistry he had with Mitchell Trubisky after four years or, or, or right around that of playing with him is why his numbers were great. He can be relied on. I don't think any of these quarterbacks at Ohio State have a rapport with any of these players. Well, certainly not if you're if you're splitting if you're splitting reps. Yeah, That's a yeah. very hard way. I listen, I know as a goalie uh, playing in college and high school and, and, and all through, and you and you know this, if you've got, especially in goalie or, or a position like QB or, or whatever it might be, if there's two guys competing for the same spot, dude, that's that's tough to split reps. Well, it's not even that. Like, let's let's let me try to let me try to explain like what I can see with you, right? So I played offensive line my whole my whole life. Um, my senior year in high school, we went in and left to right our offensive line. I had taken probably a thousand snaps with every one of those guys. I was left tackle. My left guard was one of my best friends. He listens every week, Matt Dodona. Matt was my left guard. We knew what we were calling out. We knew what blocks we had to do. We didn't even, it was nonverbal. We looked at each other. We knew what we were doing. And, and let's try to put it in perspective of hockey, right? So if you have, I don't know if you have if you're a goalie and you have certain defensemen and you know what they do and you know where they're yes. going to skate to and what they you're going to feel a lot safer. Same with the same with the team with the goalie that's in the net. Correct. If you've got two guys that are fighting for that spot and you don't know how so players are going to be more comfortable in front of one goalie over the other. I've been on both sides of that equation. I really truly have been. And as the goalie on the wrong side of that on the, oh, we don't feel comfortable with him in the net for whatever reason, it sucks. They overcompensate, and then they overcomplicate, and then all of a sudden you've given up six goals. Right. There you go. So, for like to your point, Ohio State's got to figure it out. I think, like I said, I think, long story short, I think Ohio State, until they can name a, a steady quarterback, until they can get those first-team reps, especially if they're going to be splitting first-team reps, I think they're going to rely on the best player on the field the best player on the field in all of college football, I believe, is Marvin Harrison Jr. All righty. Wow. That's college talk, man. We'll, we'll do some realignment stuff. We're back into football. Oh, we're so back into football. Um, we got a little left of baseball we'll talk about in the next coming weeks. Um, some pretty cool people are going to be on the, on the show talking. Yeah, and then we're going back. Uh, and then it's hockey and football time. And then me and, me and Chris, and Chris soccer. and I. Chris and I are going to need uh, some blood pressure medication because it's going to be a fun time. Now we have an outlet for this again, which is great. But, all right, now on to – we'll do this quick. Now on to we've, – we've kept you a little longer. Thanks for sticking it out. But now on to another fun part of our show. 
This is Grammy's Grinders. Now, Chris, I don't want you to see mine. I know what mine is. Okay, I've not seen it. Do you want to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. All right, Chris, take us away. All right, my Grammy's Grinder of the Week was almost the good on in no particular order, but I think they were the good last week, so I will keep them as the grinder. I got to tell you, I'm so proud of Leicester City, and my wife, the mouse, said to me while we were on vacation, because I always talk soccer with my dad, um, uh, and, and and Harry Kane, who I talked about last week, scored a goal in his last game and had a beautiful assist, so shout out to Harry Kane. But anyway, um, I was talking to him. He goes, Lester got another win. Did you see? I said, of course I saw. I, I'm, I'm always either keeping up with it on my phone, watching on my phone, this, that, and the other. Um, and they're 3-0. and They picked up nine points in their first three games. I'm like, this is amazing. They're technically in second place on goal differential, Whatever. Top two is automatic promotion. Top uh, three, four, five, and six do playoffs. They do three versus six and four versus five, then the winner versus the winner for the last uh, promotion spot. You stay there all season, you'll have a, a, we'll be back up. And I said to the mouse, who said, yeah, but you're winning in the worst league. I said, winning is fun. Always. It's Always fun to win. Should we be in this league? No. No. We should not be in this league. We're too good. They're too good of a team to be in this league on paper. Um, it's fun to win though. It's fun to be three and oh. I don't any way you look at it, it's nice to be three and oh. Shout out for Lester for not being raked over the coals and being dropped down the leagues like Sunderland was. Um, about five years ago, Sunderland's back up to the championship, but they got filtered through and went down to the to League One in two seasons from the Premier League, right straight down through the bottom of the championship. So now, I'm not very familiar. That's like going MLB to rookie ball. That would be from MLB to Double A. Oh wow, that's two <laughs> leagues down in two oh, so seasons. They, so they did the Alec Manoa. Yes, okay. yes, they're very wow. Nice. Wow. Yeah, just filtered right down through. And so, uh, shout out to Lester for being 3-0. and As bad as this sounds, if they win, if they win like four more games this season or five more games, they're pretty much guaranteed to stay up. To stay up in that, at least that league. That's how bad it gets down in the bottom. There's 24 teams in the championship. Down at the bottom, there's like four wins, five wins, six wins. If they win four, five, six more games, they're good to stay up. Just keep chugging along. Shout out to those wolves. So your Those Grammy- foxes. Wow. <laughs> My foxes. So your Grammy's grinder is Lester. Lester the City. man Lester. <laughs> just, just Lester. Just Lester. John Lester. No. All right, here we go. My Grammy's grinder of the week. It was going to be Everson Pereira. It's not Everson Pereira. It was going to be Jason Dominguez. It's not going to be Jason Dominguez. It was going to be Austin Wells. It's not Austin Wells. My Grammy's grinder of the week is a man near and dear to our hearts. My Grammy's grinder of the week is Brian Cashman. Now, Chris is looking at me with hatred in his eyes. (laughs) It's the last name I expected. Brian Cashman is my Grammy's grinder of the week because one way or the other, he has finally come to the conclusion that this is a lost season. 
It took him it took him a very long time, but he has finally come to the conclusion. Come to the conclusion that this is not a playoff team. No. And not only did he come to the conclusion, but he's making proactive change about it. He has called up Everson Pereira. He has called up Oswald uh, Oswaldo Oswald Oswald Peraza. I was so good for a very long time. But he's brought up Oswald Peraza, and he's come out and he said that these young guys are going to be getting the majority of the the at bats, the majority of the fielding opportunities. So next up, we need Austin Wells to get promoted and and fill that Rortvet and Higgy hole, um, just because Higgy's a free agent at the end of the season and Rortvet's terrible. So he's you need for one tonight. He has a home run. He's got the one yep. hit the Yankees have. So you need they need something. Um, I think Austin Wells can do it. Um, and then they've called Jason Dominguez. They've called the Martian up. He's at AAA, so he's one step away from from the Yankees. And listen, if he tears it up over the last the next four or five weeks, you never know, man. You know he what? might be in the majors. And and this is you know who's been playing well. I have to give him a, a little bit of a shout out. Is a Volpe. Volpe has been his yeah. his hitting has been better. He's now got his average up. I think it's around two twenty, which, which, he's been playing better. Oh, but listen, it's in the words of Dylan Lawson, it's a professional two twenty. It's not no, it's not no novice two. It's a professional two twenty. Right, right. It's different than the two twenty that that gets guys sent down. Of course, if that makes this any is, sense. This is pro <laughs> two twenty, which, if anything, is worse. Because if a novice hit 220, that would be a revelation. But Volpe is now a pro hitting 220. He's been playing better. He's been hitting the ball. He's been getting his hits, multi-hit games. He's hitting much better. Yeah, he's and he's coming up in, in clutch spots. But uh, hi, savvy. But I mean, let's let's just keep it. Let's keep it. Let's close it out. Let's give Brian yeah. Cashman flowers. Um, because let's give him flowers to him before we put them on his. No, no. Let's give him let's give him flowers now before they're put on his general manager grave. There's dogs. You got to hear the dogs. Hi, Way to go, Mouse. Way to go. They're going outside. What do you have, Sabrina? They fries. Oh, oh. oh. You want to talk in Uncle Doc? Do you have fries? No, you don't want to talk in mine either. Okay. Okay. Do you want your fries? No, she doesn't like the mic. It's the afro on the mic. Well, it looks okay. I don't know the proper name. They look like afros. It's, so... it's like a windscreen. We've fallen apart, ladies and gentlemen. Um, oh, my. Bye, Savvy. Bye, Love you. Savvy. Anyway, oh, all right. anyway, let's wrap this. Let's, let's, let's tie a bow on this. Oh, boy. Um, all right. As always, follow us on Instagram at Sports and Spaghetti Pod. Follow us on TikTok at Sports and Spag Pod. Make sure you like, comment, let us know what you think. Uh, vote on how you like your steak done on yes. Instagram. Um, as always, I'm Ant. That's Chris. And this has been Sports and Spaghetti. Again, as always, take care of your loved ones. Spend all your money on Marvin Harrison Jr. And as always, stay full.